well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and good evening. We're so thrilled and really honored that you would be here to join us for, as Corey said, our first Christmas Eve service as a church. And we truly are honored. This is a big deal for us. And I've been thinking of many of you this week and how for some of you, this is a big deal for you, isn't it? I mean, the fact that you accepted an invitation to come back to church, maybe you haven't been to church in a long time, and it was a big deal for you to say yes. And on behalf of many people in this room, can I say thank you? Thank you for mustering up the courage to say yes and accept that invitation to be here and to celebrate the birth of our Lord, our Messiah, the Savior, because it is worth celebrating. Now, I don't know what brought you this direction today, but I did have a gal come in here, and she said, hey, I got one of your flyers in the mail, and I almost threw it away like I did the rest of them, but on the bottom of the flyer, we had written, make sure you check us out online so that you know we're not weird. (laughs) Surprise, we are weird, okay? I hate to catch you off guard, but we may be a little bit weird, but we are truly, truly thankful uh, that you're here. And that you're a part of this celebration of bringing in this season the way that we should. Stepping away from all the chaos so that we can focus our attention and our mind once again on Christ. I mean, really, that's why we're here, isn't it? It's not a secret. We're here because about 2,000 years ago, a little baby showed up. Literally, God in the flesh showed up. And because he showed up, it changed everything. I've been thinking of those two words this week, this idea of show up, and where we might find ourselves saying those two words, in what context, when, and where we might might find ourselves saying these two words, show up. And so I know for some of you, there's two little elves that may show up in your house around this time of year. You know them as the elf on the shelf. And so since there's kids in the room, I thought it would be fun to start this way. This is where some of these guys can show up from time to time. All right, so we got a snowball fight with Humpty Dumpty. That's what we got there. Oh, we got, he's bench pressing, right? Get a little workout in. I can appreciate that with some, some uh, marshmallows on the side there. Okay, we got one, a a radical here, right? He's toilet papering the uh, Christmas tree, getting out of hand a little bit. Oh, got caught caught by the uh, little green army men. That's not good. Uh Uh-oh, it's PG-13. Sorry about that, parents. Um, Looks like this little guy was constipated, a little peppermint ball there. If you ever want to know where Hershey... It's horrible. I I told you we're a little weird. Um... If you ever wanted to know where Hershey Kisses came from, now you know. You'll, you'll never eat a cookie the same again with one of those right in the middle. Well, here are some other contexts in which you may find yourself using the words show up. Maybe you're a coach, and you ask your players when they come in the locker room, hey, did you show up to play? Maybe you have a teenager who refuses to take a family photo this Christmas because that zit's going to show up. Just tell them to put some Windex on it. For the moms in the room who are constantly throwing their food-stained clothing into the washer, wondering, is that stain going to show up? Maybe you know someone who's had an x-ray or some type of scan here recently, and they're praying, God, please don't let anything show up. Pregnancy tests. For those that are trying to get pregnant, maybe some of you that don't want to get pregnant, and you're looking, I wonder how many lines are going to show up. Maybe you've hosted a party here recently, and you wonder, 
Is anybody going to show up? Maybe you move your family from the desert to the mountains to start a new church and you have your first Christmas Eve service. And you think to yourself, I wonder who's going to show up. I remember having a friend in high school who had a broken relationship with his father, largely because his dad had made so many promises that he never followed through on. And this time his dad told him, hey, I promise you this time I'm going to show up for your graduation. I'm going to be there. And so my friend waited, he watched, and he wondered, is he going to show up this time? And he never did. As you're hearing these scenarios, you might be noticing how these two words, the two words show up, can often carry with them a great deal of anticipation. What's going to happen? When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? Sentiments that I'm sure all the kids in here are going through right now as they anticipate Christmas morning. And I can assure you that the Israelites in the Old Testament actually felt this as well. This great anticipation, wondering when and if the Messiah was actually going to show up. Which leads me to this story. Many of you guys are familiar with the Exodus story. When Moses was attempting to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And God had to send 10 plagues to convince Pharaoh to free the Israelites. Now stay with me because I promise you we're going somewhere with this story. And the 10th and final plague that he sent, he had to go to extreme measures. Because he knew he had to get Pharaoh's attention. And so what he chose to do was to kill every firstborn son in Egypt. Because he knew that's what it would take to convince and convict Pharaoh to let his people go. But in order to spare the Israelite children, he told them to cover their doorframe in sheep's blood. And so when the Spirit of God moved in and through their village, he would literally pass over the houses where their doorframes would have been covered in this blood. Now, after all this transpired and the Israelites were set free, as you can imagine, they never wanted to forget, ever what God had done for them. And so in order to remember, they decided to have a feast. They decided to have this celebration once every year to celebrate the Exodus event, the day that God set them free from Pharaoh's control. They called this Passover. Now, at some point during this Passover feast, the leader of the feast would have gotten up and he would have taken a piece of unleavened bread, which this is not, But he would have taken a piece of unleavened bread and he would have broke it in half. And after breaking it in half, he would have taken half of it, wrapped it up in linen cloth, and placed it on the table. This was to represent the coming Messiah. And they called it the Afi Komen. Tradition has it that they would take this piece of bread and during some time during the feast, they would go and hide it. And they would hide it to allow the children to look for it. And whatever lucky kid actually found it would bring it and receive a new Xbox. No. <laughs> right. I mean, in all reality, you probably got a cool stick, right? I mean, that's, what, that's the gifts that they would have been given back then. But then they would leave it on the table with this great anticipation that one day the Messiah actually would come. Or would he? 
Because as you can imagine, I'm sure there were many that sat around that table, and don't miss this, for 1,443 years. Between the time of the Exodus event, when they first started celebrating Passover, to the point where Jesus came, 1,443 years, they would have seen this show up at the table, wondering, hoping, asking, is he going to show up? When's he going to show up? How is he going to show up? I want to do something for you guys right now, because when we think of this number, 1,443 years, it's like, wow, that is a long time. And I would agree, it is a long time. But I want to do something for you this evening that will hopefully bring Jesus into light, into focus, into your homes in even a more clear way. Here's how I want to do it. How many of you guys, real quick, crowd participation, how many of you guys actually know somebody that's lived to be 100 years old? Anybody? Know somebody that's lived to be 100 years old or heard of someone that lived to be 100 years old? I was actually talking with one of my neighbors the other day, and the, um, the oldest surviving person of the Pearl Harbor battle lives in Colorado Springs, and he's 103 years old. And so that sounds like a big number, too. Now, watch this. Because if you take somebody that we know right now that's 100 years old, and you follow their life to the point where they were born, and then you took somebody at the point they were born that that person was 100 years old, and you did that again, you would only have to do that 21 times, don't miss it, and you would be at the moment when Jesus was born. Just 21 times. 21 people that have lived to be 100 years old. If you follow their life from the end to the beginning and then do that 21 times, we would find ourselves potentially in the same field as the shepherds were when the angels came. Let's read the story together this evening. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the person that we've been waiting on for so long has actually shown up. And he's been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Time out for a second. I don't know how many of those shepherds actually had sat around a Passover feast and saw this piece of bread, the afikoman, sitting on their table. How many years that they had observed this. But now they have an angel telling them that this guy's actually finally shown up. And I don't know if you missed it or not, but they said, you're going to find a baby wrapped in linen cloth. And I'm thinking they look at each other and say, linen cloth, the Afi Coleman was wrapped in linen cloth. Oh, snap. That's Aaron's version of the Bible, by the way. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Let me pick up in verse 13. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those in in whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph there, and there was the baby lying in 
the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for they had heard for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Friends, it's a lot more than a story, isn't it? It's a lot more than something that we just gather one day a year to celebrate. It's not something we heard in Sunday school that makes us feel better. It's an actual event that took place, and because he showed up, it changed everything. Now, I didn't even know this until I started to put this message together, and I just thought I would bring it to your attention. In the anticipation of the Messiah coming, there was a piece of bread wrapped in linen cloth. Then once the Messiah arrives, he's in a manger as a baby. A lot of people didn't expect the Messiah to come that way, and he was wrapped in linen cloth. Fast forward 33 years. Jesus dies for you, and he dies for me. And they bury him, and they wrap him in what? Linen cloth. And so I wonder today, what fabric does he choose to continue to show up? And since we all live in Colorado, we know it's smart wool, right? Smart wool is where, no, I'm kidding, that's totally off subject. Don't miss it. Today he desires to show up through the fabric of your life. That's how he wants to show up. And I can assure you, he wants to show up. It's his desire to show up in and through your life. I want to read a verse to you that maybe will bring this to light a little bit more. It's in 1 John chapter 4. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God and that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Tomorrow, I want to encourage all of us to let Jesus show up in your home. Truly stepping back from the chaos, however stressed you might be right now, step back from the chaos and focus just for a moment on Christ. Maybe you read the Christmas story to your family, to your kids. Allow Jesus to show up in your home tomorrow. I also want you to show up. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but so often we get bombarded with things that capture our attention, that take us away from focusing on the things that are truly the most important. And so maybe you need to put aside your phone tomorrow. Maybe you need to put aside the electronic devices and just show up. Just be fully present for those that God has in your life. If you want to give Jesus a gift back, I can assure you that's probably the best gift you can give him. Just be present. Be present for those that God's put in your life. I also want you to show up for somebody else. Somebody that is potentially asking themselves a question right now, not kidding. Potentially asking themselves a question right now that sounds something like this. I wonder who's going to show up to see me tomorrow. Is anybody going to show up to say anything, to say hi? Does anybody even know I'm here on Christmas Day? Here's what I mean by that. 
we've been very great. Um, we're grateful to have somebody in our church that graciously, graciously put together an opportunity for us to leave a trace of God's love. That's, that's who we are as a church. It's why we exist. And so when you leave here today, you're going to receive this bag. And this bag is not for you. It's for somebody that's either at the hospital, at Memorial Hospital right across the street here at Briargate, or I think I'm saying this right, the Bonaventure Senior Living Center right across the street. And they know we're coming. And in this bag is a little teddy bear. There's nothing really special about the bear. They asked us if we would keep it small. There's some instructions if you don't know where these facilities are. And there's a card. And we encourage you to sit down as a family and just write some encouraging notes to the person that's going to receive this gift from you. And my hope is that you'll show up. Because I don't know if you've been in a hospital recently or a nursing home. There's not too many people that want to be there on Christmas Day. So what if we as a church decided that we would show up? Because God is desiring to use the fabric of your life to leave a trace of his love in the lives of others. For those of you that feel uncomfortable doing this, where it's like, I don't know if I want to go in and talk to anybody, you don't have to. You can simply drop this gift off with your notes of encouragement and this little teddy bear, and you'll be a blessing in somebody's life. For those of you that actually have a desire to go and speak to someone, I would encourage you to go to the Senior Living Center because that will be a greater opportunity for you. Church, will you show up? Will you show up? A little over 2,000 years ago, our Messiah showed up. And because he showed up, the when, the how, and the what if, they were answered. But now the when, how, and what if are up to us. Because Jesus wants to show up in and through your life tomorrow. Will you show up? Let me pray for us. Father, so grateful for all the people in this room and I know there are so many people coming from other states and cities and coming to spend time with their family and God I pray that you've spoken through me this this evening to remind them of the importance of being present fully present and showing up in their own family's life and God for the people that are often forgotten people that we typically wouldn't be thinking about on Christmas day we have the opportunity to show up on your behalf And so, God, I pray that as we take this small gift, really isn't much, but it's the love behind the gift that we believe is going to make somebody's Christmas. And so, Lord, would you point us to the right place? Maybe there are families in here that need to go to a particular location. God, would you you point us in the right place? And God, let us show up on your behalf because you showed up for us. We love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. There are also some instructions in here and a little devotional uh, that you can go through with your family tomorrow uh, because we intentionally didn't have church service tomorrow. We don't have church tomorrow on a Sunday that you would typically find church uh, or gather as a church because we actually want you to go be the church. We're going to transition now into a time of response. And I want to tell you this. This is actually something that's really interesting. And it's not a proven fact, so I just need to let you know that there's some speculation behind this. But when Jesus sat around uh, during the Last Supper, and he's with his disciples, right before he goes to the cross, many scholars say that that would have also represented the Passover feast. 
So the table, the, the meal that they're sharing together would have represented Passover. And if it represented Passover, then the afikoman would have been sitting on the table. Some speculate that Jesus would have picked up the piece of bread that was never opened for 1,443 years. And he would have unwrapped it. And he would have said, take this, for this is my body. Claiming Messiahship. And then, of course, having the wine and said, drink this, for this is my blood. This is an opportunity for us to do that. Down front on either side of the stage, we have communion. And for those of you that have put your faith in Jesus, we encourage you to participate with us. The band's going to lead us in some instrumental before they go back into some songs for Christmas. And there's a cracker down here that represents the body of Christ and a cup that represents his blood. And we celebrate the fact that he showed up. But that was just the beginning because 33 years later, he would die, be buried, and then defeat death for the forgiveness of all of our sins. And so we celebrate that. For those of you that have brought your offering today, again, if you're a guest with us, there's no expectation, no strings attached for you being here. But for those of you that have prepared that and come uh, with your special Christmas offering or regular offering, we would encourage you to drop that in the buckets. Now, there's also some special instruction here. As you do that, even if you're not going to participate in those two items, uh, if you'll come down at some point in the next uh, song or so, uh, as you go around the sides, on each side, there are some candlesticks. Now, I need to let you know that in this school, they won't allow us to have open flame. And so what we've done is the next best thing, we have some candles that are battery operated. So let's just make the most out of it, right? Amen. Everybody okay with that? And so, yeah, we can clap. Go ahead. Clap for battery operated candles. It's awesome. Yeah. So you can grab one of those candlesticks and just make your way back to your seat. And can I ask you, I don't, know what, I don't know what's coming in between you and your focus on Christ right now, but these guys are getting ready to do an incredible, they're going to do an incredible thing for us to be drawn into the presence of God as we sing and celebrate with some Christmas songs. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you once again for this opportunity to gather together in your name. Father, to gather together because none of this is about us. It's about what you did. It's about what you have done. And it's about what you continue to desire to do. Father, we love you. And we're so thankful that you came in the form of a baby. I still don't get it, God. That you would come that in such an innocent and fragile way. But I'm so thankful because you, you got to live the way that we live. You can identify with our struggles, our pain, our brokenness. And we're so thankful that you chose to come to us in this way. We're going to celebrate that. God, once again... Allow our mind, our thoughts, our focus to be drawn into your presence and remind us once again of this incredible gift that you've given us. We pray this in Christ's name.